You're listening to Dirty Feet, a dance podcast. I'm Allison Burns. And I find myself again at the Ottawa Dance Directive for uh, another show that's being presented uh, as part of this season. And I'm going to be speaking with two artists who are part of the collective Public Recordings, who are based in Toronto. And they're here not only to do the show, but also uh, to teach a workshop that I participated in last night. And we're going to be talking about all of that. And uh, the the two that I am speaking with, uh, who are representing a, a whole slew of artists who are involved in this production and others, Katie Ewald and also Amy Henderson. So uh, hello to you both, and thank you for being here. Thanks for having us. And I'm going to start with uh, Amy, because uh, she is one of four associate artists that make up public recordings, and I would love for you to just give us a rundown of the the four people involved in public recordings and uh, and talk a little bit about this this uh, mostly choreographic group, but as uh, as it is described to speak to other disciplines as well. So there's a lot of collaboration happening with public recordings. Suppose it might be helpful to talk a little bit about how we got to this point, which was um, loosely organized projects, often initiated by me over the years, um, which were so deeply um, connected to questions about groups and collaboration and those as choreographic practice, that it became imperative to think about the structure of the company in as rigorous terms. Um, So in a way, we were learning from our studio practice and imagining what a company structure could be that emulated that. And that required that we do away with some of our preconceived notions of how a company should work and embrace the the intelligence and the intuition of our dance-based studio work. So it's been just a few years that that is formalized and um, it is uh, a structure that's collective, that is um, these People have self-selected into these roles from a group of about 20 regular collaborators. And we see those positions as fairly fluid, um, that these are the people who are currently able and interested to be in those types of leadership roles. And we're working collectively, um, imagining management as an artistic practice. And um, so right now it's myself, uh, Sandra Henderson, who comes from a production background primarily, um, and sees pr- production as as an artistic engagement. Um, Jeremy McCormick, a graphic designer, and um, Evan Weber, who is a writer from a theater background. And something else that's interesting about this format is that uh, I believe you're not always all implicated in a project that is put forth by public recordings, but at least one of you. Yeah, it's um, we're in transition. Um, definitely in the past, a lot of the projects have been led or co-led by me. And I think we're in a we're in a period where we're imagining that not only do I not need to be the instigator of a project, but perhaps I don't need to be involved at all, or maybe I'm involved in some ancillary support role, which is true of one of our 
big productions this year, Other Jesus, which is um, a play written by Evan and directed by Frank Cox O'Connell, who's a regular collaborator and also in the show that we're presenting here at Odd. And I'm, for that um, project, I'm a, in a producer type um, role and assisting with, with other artistic conversations, but really in a, in a support role. So, um, and that's true. Uh, as we go forward, we're imagining that not only could it be one of the four of us that initiates a project, but it could be a project from someone who's in our group of collaborators or even someone who hasn't worked with us before. So we're, we're, um, maybe moving towards a, a type of production house that, um, sees, uh, a continuum between in how, how things are instigated and who instigates them so that it's not um, so top-down. In that case, is there um, an overarching mandate or aesthetic that kind of directs what Public Recordings produces and what kind of projects you take on? We are certainly investigating choreographic practice, but I would imagine that that um, is something that needs to be understood in a quite an expanded frame. So it, it's um, certainly my, my hobby horse. <laughs> uh, but as we move forward, we're talking more about group work and the problems and the possibilities of being with other people and that um, manifesting as different um, artistic uh, proposals or hypotheses about how to be with other people. And that gives us both a mandate that's quite broad, but something that insists on um, on an insightful rigor uh, around how and when and why people try to do things together. And with the with the workshop last night, we got a, a glance inside your toolbox and how you work as a as a company together, and. And you mentioned at the beginning, you know, back before you formed the company, kind of coming through your your studio practice. So, so is there with the core members and all of the collaborators? Is there a consistency in the way that you work together? Certainly, we are dedicated to finding the language for a particular project and doing that as a group through a process-led uh, research. Um, phase or multiple phases and so maybe commonalities between the projects have to do with um, insisting on uh, sites for shared work which require some but maybe not all of what you have previously done <laughs> um, some but not all of your um, of your background and experience might might come into play in any particular project. So it requires that people uh, apply themselves to this unknown third space um, between sometimes a group of as many as 15 people uh, imagining a shared performance language and set of aesthetics, um, which means um, that kind of work starts to look like something in my experience that we're not we're not aiming for a particular aesthetic, but when we privilege um, collaborative process, conversation, um, the dialogical as an embodied uh, practice, 
turns into things that look like things. And so we, um, we are pretty clear with um, the, the sense that we're not making concepts, we're making things to do. And um, they're driven by ideas and questions, but our, our practice is about working in the studio, moving, talking, um, working in different registers of the body's expression, but um, not trying to formulate some idea and then go about representing it, but really work in and through um, ideas in, in the body so that the body can actually um, create new concepts. I, I get the sense that I had a glimpse of this by taking the workshop and understanding um, what you're describing. I'm wondering if, if Katie would like to take a stab at it as well to kind of paint a fuller picture um, for our listeners. Well, um, I've worked on projects with Amy for a long time, like she said. Um, and uh, I think for me it's like there's this... Um, uh, openness and invitation to uh, differences and different people and um, and yet this uh, real insistence which has become more and more clear more and more open and more and more insistent um, more open to these new people and new um, uh, new uh, or an open experience um, giving permission to have your own ideas about something with this rigor on the other hand, which is like really trying to um, insist upon finding out what we're really trying to do. Uh, and with that um, insistence, it's like, uh, well, we say this thing that uh, we want to be in the piece we want to be in. So um, I can think of times in process where we're doing something and it just becomes funny because we're not really doing something we want to do. And then we kind of laugh about it and we're like, why would we do that? Like, we don't want to be in that piece, but what piece do we want to do? And, and there's a lot of hope for me. There's always this, um, uh, like, some kind of yearning towards something that's really... Um, it's like it's this word's escaping me, even though like people describe me with this word. Um, like just wanting the world to be a better place, like really trying to hunt for that. Um, utopic, right? Um, even though, I mean, it's the failures in this work that we've been able to just more and more be able to accept and see the beauty in and hunt for actually, not hunt to show them but to allow for them to appear and to not worry about them i don't know if that is really esoteric but <laughs> that's what's going on that's allowed so i'm picking up uh in the description of the, the work that you're presenting and also in this workshop and the these ideas of space and sh social interaction and language um both physically and verbally um what what's that all about I think this piece is in a in dialogue with something that we made a few years uh, prior, which was a piece called Relay. Relay was um, based in the in an investigation of unison and unison as 
a building block of um, dance in in a pretty um, clear way. And um, I I suppose a a question about unison's purpose and ability in in the contemporary moment um, and whether or not there was a a version of unison that we could find that didn't um, subject people doing it to some of the um, conditions of that uh, practice in in dance as it's existed in the past. So we were we were searching for a unison that didn't require a leader, essentially. And um, in thinking about that in relationship to folk tradition and um, and really celebrating also dancing and 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 the dancers who were in the piece, um, their their history, their previous history of of dancing and thinking a lot about uh, reenactment and um, remembering as critical to the dancer's agency. Uh, what is it that a dancer possesses as an archival record of their own um, dance experience in their body, and how can that be repurposed? How how can a dancer um, work with that as part of their lived experience. And um, it was a pretty interesting dialogue for me as a choreographer with other choreographers um, through the the performers that I had engaged for the project. Um, and in that research, I, as an artist, was um, finding myself needing to get over some hang-ups that I'd had about um, maybe dance or, you know, what I was considering to be the the conventions of dance and to and to learn that those are available for me to use and that I could ask questions about them and that I could celebrate them as much as um, develop a critical approach. And um, what that led me to uh, was um, realizing that the dancer is often um, a mute subject and um, realizing that through um, through the piece and what happened in the piece, which was that in a in a moment deep into the piece, um, w- people started to work with memories of performances that were uh, text based, singing monologues, um, and it was an eruption um, that was kind of um, cacophonous not just in terms of how it sounded, but also informally. And it was startling in this way that felt like it was the beginning of another project. And so this piece is an attempt to heal uh, what I felt to be a divide between utterance and other types of embodiments. Um, And that somehow we have been conditioned in dance, especially... Obviously, for me, I need to uh, couch this in saying, you know, Western dance and a particular tradition within Western dance, um, uh, a body that is essentially mute and that there's a a kind of a dichotomy between the speaking body and the dancing body that I was very um, disturbed by. And this project is a a work about that. flux between those those t- types of um, modes without making a binary between them. So what is utterance as embodied gesture and 
as movement and as choreography and as dancing. And, um, and that research was just inevitably going to be in dialogue with social practice, social movements, protest, um, other places where utterance and the, the act of the speech act becomes really potent. Um, so this project is, um, certainly about what groups of people speaking together, which I see as a dance piece, but is also in a, in a, in a dialogue with, um, with the question of what it means for people to gather and to speak together and what that forecloses as much as what that offers as possibility. Is there a question of authenticity in this as well of, of like where being a performer and being a social human being, where being truthful and giving a speech? I don't separated. tend to use the word authenticity. I, I'm um, very much um, a person who believes that we're all performing versions of ourselves all the time. Um, and that uh, what the sharing of lived experience requires um, in any kind of social uh, transaction is um, performative. Um, whether or not there's a frame around it that names it as such. But I do want to take responsibility for the fact that then we make performances which are by their nature aesthetic because they are something to look at and they're framed as um, some kind of, as, as unwieldy as they are, some kind of um, um, product, I suppose. So um, these people in this performance, me included, are working on something and we're working on a number of tasks and um, suggestions about how we might put ourselves into a, a state of um, openness to something that we don't totally understand and we don't know what it's going to sound and look like. So maybe that is a kind of authentic space. I, I read it as a, a space of working where working appears as, as performance and, and where that working can be read in a lot of different ways, including as totally absurd. <laughs> and um, I would just add to that a little bit because um, I feel like I've been asked this question in different versions um, of this question. <laughs> and um, something that we're working on is... Um, working with this vulnerability and this openness, but it's very, very, very crafted. Like, I don't ever feel like I'm not in charge or in control of exactly what I'm going to reveal about my actual life. So there is a lot of craft behind it and a lot of practice. And it comes, look, it comes off looking like a certain aesthetic or a certain way, but I'm always in control is there is there a demand made of the audience for what we are saying? I think there might be. I think the demand is, um, if you accept the challenge, is to really be with us 
And I think it entices people to be with us because we ask a lot of questions and if you're open to it at all, you're going to start answering them in your head. Um, my husband described it the other day as, um, <laughs> uh, let me see if I can get this correct because it was really good, um, like watching a, um, uh, some, something about th some th kind of therapy sporting event. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, the idea of, of also doing a workshop in, in tandem with this performance seems very appropriate in terms of this kind of reaching for this connection. Um, is that, is this just the method that public recordings uses when they tour a show or is this specific to this project doing these workshops? What is the, what does the workshop do for you? Well, um, so we, um, we made a joke when we were in Calgary, when we performed, I don't, what year was it? 2015, that we should just tour it like a band. And we kept making the joke enough until the associate artists agreed with us and then started working on it. And um, so now we're touring in this different way that we're hoping is actually more um, possible and to be able to keep sharing this work and part of the way that we wanted to interact with the community was to have a workshop and a lot of the people in the cast are already teachers with a teaching practice and I would say um, that everyone in the cast and it's a sort of a roving cast at this point there's um, certain members that come and even in this tour in certain cities and that I've witnessed people teaching in uh, the most incredible way, and so we're just sharing on a different level, a different register, I guess. There's also something about this work in a very intense way. It's true of all of our projects, but I feel it the most so far with this one, and that's that we don't know how to do the project ourselves. We're constantly learning about it. So the workshop feels like a really apt way to share the conditions of our own working. And we practice alongside of whoever takes the workshop. So while we may have some things that we figured out are useful for us in our, in our work and in making the show, we never um, know enough to stop practicing. And in sharing the workshop, we're sharing that as an idea, is that we're in um, an engagement, a long-term engagement with something that we started working on in 2011 or something like that. But I feel that I know less about it the more I do it because it requires a constant um, re-evaluation of its own terms. Um, and in that sense, the workshop is, is maybe the most... Um, bare uh, exposure of, of what we're putting ourselves into, bringing people into that place with us. Just to cycle back to, to the structure of public recordings, um, I can't get this off my mind. What, uh, what does a creative approach to production look like? We talk a lot and meet a lot in a way that reminds me of 
how I've worked on art projects where there are few assumptions about the way forward <laughs> and a huge amount of breadth um, and listening to allow different ways in and approaches and um, um, ideas and also um, obsessions to be voiced, which is not very efficient at all. And, um, and so it looks, I guess one of the things it looks like to me is a space where we understand that we have to embrace a certain amount of inefficiency to get to a shared practice and that that needs to curtail some of the um, habitual ways of thinking about business as usual, getting things done, checking things off the list, um, doing things the way other people do them, this, this stuff. Of course, we don't want to reinvent the wheel completely. We, we are totally dedicated to um, being in conversation with our peers and with mentors and we call on people all the time to guide us and that's a huge part of our practice as well is feeling like we're in an ecology with other artists and other organizations um, but yeah as much as possible we want to be in a, a conversation in a working space that feels meaningful in in the actual doing so not just in forecasting what we'll create in the end but feeling that the exchange is meaningful even in the moment when we're in a, in a grant writing process or doing scheduling or, and of course that, that has utopic tendencies and it's not always like that. And we fight all the time and, um, there's moments where disconnect happens, um, because we're, we're out of touch with each other or we're, we're in different countries. Um, but it's a striving towards a, a, a shared, um, methodology, which we're constantly revising. So also maybe it looks like something that's never fixed, that we don't, we think we've figured out the best way to do a certain thing and it works for a little while and then something starts to break down. It's like, okay, well, we need to go back to that and find the, the way that works now for the moment we're in now. Um, and again, like, I mean, it, it, it seems like it helps that we've all been in, we've all been working as artists for so long that one falls back on their, experience of being in collaborative art processes to remind oneself that it's okay, <laughs> that we're going to be okay, and that we'll, that we'll somehow finish whatever it is that we were doing, although it may have a radically different shape than when we started. And, 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 and maybe also another thing, and Katie kind of mentioned this with the band tour ideas, like, running with ideas, like have somebody or some group of people having a thought about something maybe being possible and then realizing that mostly what makes things happen is people thinking that it might happen. <laughs> so we try, we try to invest ourselves in, um, in good ideas. Great. I've been speaking with Amy Henderson and Katie Ewald from Public Recordings and they're presenting what we are saying at the Ottawa Dance Directive this October. Do you have any last words about public recordings, about the show, about dance, about life, about yourself? But yeah, uh, it would be great if you came out to the show, this, if you're curious at all about what we're talking about. Splendid. Thank you very much. Thank you.
You've been listening to Dirty Feet. I'm Alison Burns with a few thank yous. First to Paula Flalo in the No More Radio Network, also to Mainline Theatre and Montreal Improv Theatre, and to all present and past team members who can be found on our website, dirtyfeetpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Dirty Feet Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Dirty Dirty Feet. <laughs>